Get road trip ready with a service checkup at your local Chevy dealer. They can save you time and money and get the job done right the first time, worry-free. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for current service specials or to schedule a test drive. News 720 WGN. Thanks for being a part of the show. You can always text us a question or a comment at 312-981-7200. But this is my favorite part of the day to check in with Tom Skilling, our beloved meteorologist from WGN-TV, brought to you by Permaseal Basement Systems. Uh, Tom, no 100-degree days yet. Have we hit the summer peak when it comes to high temps? You know, um, we can still see a 100-degree day. Um, We haven't seen one officially in Chicago since 2012. We've had a couple at Midway Airport, I think three of them, uh, in that time period. But, um, you know, uh, the days are getting shorter, albeit slowly, and our normal temperatures have started the seasonal decline. And before anybody gets upset about that and says, oh, you know, I, my gosh, we were just getting used to summer. Believe me, there's lots of warm weather left. We're, we have not parted ways with the warm season, nor have we completely diminished the chance of a 100-degree day. Uh, we've got another surge in heat that's going to come on uh, this Saturday. And over the next two weeks, Lisa, the temperature trend will be uh, above normal by and large. There are only two days of the next 15 that will come in near normal. The rest of them are all above normal. And tomorrow is going to be a hot day, but it looks like we're going to pop some pretty good thunderstorms later in the day, and that may uh, keep the heat a little bit under control. Then we turn the winds off the lake, cool things down a bit Thursday and Friday, and go back into this, you know, the steam uh, bath again by the time we get to Saturday around here. So what is going on in Kentucky? The loss of life is immense and they're worried that if they get another inch or two of rain which could simply just be a big thunderstorm or rainstorm that it would put that many more people in peril well i'll tell you lisa it's a it's a perfect example of how heating the air and it's the fact that it holds more water comes to play in all this there has been incredibly hot air stationed all summer long all through the south the deep south and the southern and central plains And we get a jet stream that runs along the northern periphery of that, and it's uh, within that jet stream are embedded the uh, impulses that take all this moisture, lift it, and produce the incredible rains. And then on top of that, you get out to eastern Kentucky, you're getting into uh, mountainous terrain. You know, you have the Smoky Mountains. So we have the added cooling feature of uh, what's called orographic lift, the fact that winds blow up the sides of mountains, and as they ascend, uh, they cool, the the air masses do, and uh, they unleash this load of moisture that's uh, more plentiful than it would otherwise be if we didn't have all that heat down through the deep south. So they are in the unfortunate position of being perfectly aligned with the jet stream and a record, uh, if not near record, level of heat uh, down to the south of us, which is also an air mass that carries a lot of moisture with it. Terrible situation. It really is. Yeah, and I don't know if you'd heard of the Cajun Army, but I love these guys. So after Katrina, a bunch of folks in Louisiana, um, mostly people that live on the bayou, got together because they have those airboats, and they call themselves the Cajun Army. And when this happens, predominantly through the southeast, they put those boats on trailers, and they've been all over Kentucky rescuing people. You know, isn't it uh, it something? I mean, you know, we've we, we saw what happened in Katrina. We've seen it in other flooded uh, locations where people are literally up on their roofs 
clinging to life and hoping they survive these uh, floodwaters. And believe me, we mere humans are no match for water. Water is incredibly powerful. Uh, a foot of water will float a car. So, um, yeah, the, these folks are doing yeoman service. There are no two ways about it. And you hear these rescue stories down there. Um, it, it's a sad, sad scene. And then at the other end of the country, you've got fires burning out in California yes. and through the West. And we've had uh, monsoonal rains come. But these tend to hit hard and fast, and a lot of it runs off. Fifty percent of the rain that falls on the southwest U.S. comes in this uh, period of monsoonal rains that occurs every year from uh, June through July, August, and into September, and that's ongoing now. They've had, you know, we were out at Lake Mead. You and I have talked about that and looked at the record low lake levels, and people say, well, now is this going to solve that? No. But they've had the unusual scene uh, where there have been waterfalls uh, falling down the cliffs near Hoover Dam out there, which is across the Colorado River and forms Lake Mead. Uh, And they've had flooding in Las Vegas, for instance. But the rain comes fast. It runs off. It doesn't percolate into the ground. And so its effects on long-term drought are uh, marginal at best. And something tells me this affects all of our insurance prices when it comes to homeowners insurance and all those types of things. But Tom Skilling is with us. It's brought to you by Permaseal Basement Systems. Coming up next, a story about fish falling from the sky. Is that weather related? We'll figure that out. And uh, why trips to Mexico are about ready to drop in price. Yes, they'll get less expensive. That's on the way. First to check on traffic with Mary Vandeveld. Chicago's Afternoon News 720 WGN. He is the most beloved figure in Chicago, our favorite meteorologist. We're talking to Tom Skilling from WGN-TV. Did you see that story that I sent you about uh, fish falling from the sky in Texarkana, and it took them a year to figure out that it was not weather-related? <laughs> you know, I just got a hold of this from uh, Curtis, your producer. I had not seen that, Lisa. But, you know, um, there have always been these stories of, you know, frogs falling from the sky and all the rest. I'll let you explain what went on down there, what the explanation is. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, they thought it was a water spout, which, you know, could be possible. But they did the research. It took an entire year, and they realized that a big flock of birds, some kind of water bird, went into this lake. They all grabbed a fish because there was a big school of fish, and they're about 8 to 10 inches long. And for some reason, as they got over the town nearby, they just dropped them. And people were in a panic thinking these fish were falling from the sky, that there was some kind of water spout. And here it was just crazy birds. Well, you wouldn't think that, you know, Uh, it it wouldn't. The explanation for such a thing wouldn't come to mind right away. That's very interesting, isn't it? Logical explanations for these things that seem uh, almost, you know, science fiction like. But uh, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, Tom, we, we have, I'm surprised we just found out today that there's some boaters yeah. missing on Lake Michigan. And I don't know why it's been a week since, you know, they went missing. And now yeah. the news media outlets are just finding out. But they've been searching for these folks. And if if their boat went down conceivably, you, you can't stand those water temps out there, right? No. No, not with these temperatures now. Uh, uh, you know, I, Lake Michigan never gets terribly warm. Uh, you know, it'll get up to around 80 degrees uh, right in the shallow waters around the shoreline. 
But you go out in the middle of the lake, the temperature uh, down deep stays around 36 degrees all year, all year round. But these, uh, you know, these Great Lakes waters are nothing to fiddle with. Do you know the fact that we have an American meteorological effort, a weather service, came about because of concern about shipwrecks on the Great Lakes back in the 1870s. There was a, um, uh, actually it started in the 1860s, uh, there was a scientist up in Milwaukee by the name of Increase Lapham who was concerned about shipwrecks on the Great Lakes even back then. And, you know, in those days, about all the mariners had were what they called their glass. That's a barometer. And they could see it falling, and that indicated a storm was coming. Otherwise, they didn't know much about it. So Lapham wrote Congress and said, isn't it the job of the federal government to offer some sort of warning to our mariners so that they don't, uh, you know, reach such a horrible fate and sink on the Great Lakes. And President Ulysses S. Grant signed into law in 1870 a, a bill starting the Army Signal Corps taking weather observations and issuing this country's first, uh, albeit very simple and not very accurate, weather forecasts in 1870. And that grew into the United States Weather Bureau, which became the National Weather Service. And if you look at the meteorological agency over in uh, Britain, Great Britain, the U.K., it started the same way. Fitzroy, who was the captain who took Darwin down to the Galapagos Islands to do evolutionary research, he was worried about shipwrecks off the U.K., and their meteorological service sprung from that. So I guess the fact we have people missing on the Great Lakes shouldn't surprise us. It's gone on for time immemorial. But you would think in this day and age, wouldn't you, that with the communication capability we have that, um, you know, somebody would have found yeah. these or at least let figured me, out what. But, let uh, me share the story with you. I'll read it to you. It says two boaters have been missing since they left the marina in East Chicago, Indiana, a week ago. The families oh. of Curtis Heron and Dexter Sane, both 36, said they went to the marina on Tuesday to get a boat Heron had purchased out of storage. They arrived in the morning, paid to have a crane put the boat in the water. Their family said they quickly discovered the boat's navigation system was broken, and at some point during the day, the boat's battery died. Relatives said they called for help Wednesday morning. A tow boat went out but couldn't find them. Their cell phones have gone dead. National Coast Guard or the Coast Guard was notified over the weekend, and they're conducting an active search. So hopefully that boat is still afloat. But you think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just hoping for the best. Oh, isn't it the truth? And, you know, you lose cell phone service. How do you communicate with folks on shore? You would think, though, by this, I mean, with a number of, we have something like thirty to 40,000 craft on Southern Lake Michigan on a summer uh, weekend afternoon uh, or over a course of a weekend. So you would think with all these, uh, you know, boats out there that somebody would have spotted them somewhere. Uh, it's, it's, doesn't, it's very concerning sounding, uh, Lisa, I'll tell you that. So, Tom, 30,000 boats on Lake Michigan on any given yeah. weekend? You wow. know what? There, are, there uh, were estimates to that effect that, uh, you know, on a given warm summer weekend, there can be as many as thirty to 40,000 boats uh, out on Lake Michigan. It seems like a high number based on what I've seen, but I, I'll tell you something. I, I know that uh, that figure used to be cited by Ray Waldman, who for many years was head of the Weather Service, and he cited it to, you know, stress the importance of marine weather forecasts and marine weather uh, data for our mariners who go out there. There's quite a population that uh, is out on these lakes in these warm periods of the year.
All right, Tom, so I predict that trips to Mexico are going to become much less expensive as hurricane season really starts to kick up in the Atlantic. Are we looking at a pretty bad season for that? Well, the expectation has been right along. It would be very active. And yet, by one measure, we we measure something called accumulated cyclone energy. It's it's a it's a man it's a means of measuring the amount of energy that tropical storms and hurricanes produce. And we've only had up to this point in the early season forty one percent of our accumulated uh, cyclone energy. That underscores how quiet the season has been. And there's a lot of talk that dust coming off uh, the Sahara in Africa out over the Atlantic, which is known to suppress hurricane and tropical storm development, may be one of the factors. And that that can blow across the Atlantic uh, into the southeastern states, the Gulf states, even into South America. So, And and when you supersaturate the atmosphere with all these dust particles, it makes it harder for raindrops to form and can suppress storm development. However, having said that, We've got a La Nina going in the equatorial Pacific, which uh, tends to lead to active hurricane seasons on the Atlantic side. So the expectation is that uh, now that we're in August, August, September, October tend to get very active. It's the uh, period of the Cape Verde hurricane that forms off Africa, tracks across the Atlantic and can affect the Caribbean and the United States. So uh, this can turn on a dime, but it's been a quiet season so far out there, uh, Lisa, no question. Yeah. yeah, but this is a time that trips to Mexico get cheap if you're not worried about yeah. it. Uh, and Tom, what are we looking at? So you said it's going to be extremely warm for the next 10 days. Can you give us your outlook at yeah. least for the next four or five? Well, the humidity is going to surge overnight and tomorrow. We got a mid-70 dew points. That is really humid air. And thunderstorms ought to start cropping up in the heat and humidity of tomorrow afternoon. We may have an isolated one, Lisa, this evening and or tonight. But uh, it's tomorrow afternoon and tomorrow night that the area's outlook for potential excessive rainfall. We even have a marginal risk of some severe weather coming out of that. But heavy rain could be one of the factors. Uh, we think there'll be something like 50 to 60 percent of the area tied up in thunderstorms Wednesday afternoon. That goes to 80 percent tomorrow night. And then it winds down Thursday, Friday. We get hot again. Uh, we'll drop back to the 80s on Thursday and Friday, a little cooler on the shoreline. And then go back to the 90s again on Saturday. And the humidity Sunday, Monday will lead to the next scattered thunderstorms around here. So a uh, real summer-like pattern as we move into August here. Always nice to catch up with you, Tom. Thank you for calling into Chicago's Afternoon News. Lisa, thank you. It's good to talk to you, and you stay cool. And keep knocking them dead, Lisa. Good to talk to you. (laughs) Thanks, Tom. Steve has your 4 o'clock newscast coming up next on Chicago's Afternoon News from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.